We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pod Maverick after dark, though not too dark. It's 8 40. <laughs> it's uh February 5th. It's a Monday, I think, though all my days are turning into one big long day. Uh, I'm joined as always by fellow editor over at Mavs Moneyball, Josh Bo. We're coming to you right after the Mavericks defeated the Sixers 118 to 102. How you doing, Josh? Doing pretty good. I love recording at 8 40 uh, mm. local time. That's a great feel, I feel fresh. Yeah, and we you know if the Mavericks would have lost this game, we probably would have had to do some sort of apocalyptic uh, type podcast. So I'm glad we don't have to expend that energy tonight. We can save it for another night if that happens. So yep. all, all's good. We could just this this is going to be a, a stress free podcast. I think We're, I think that's right. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, you know I'm looking at the recent wins, and you had. Can you throw some of those stats you were tweeting yes. out the other night at yes. the team? Like, I want to I hear about it. it does, so, about how rare empire. this win was? Yeah. Yes. So this is the Mavericks' first win since January 7th without a 40-point score. Um, January 7th was a month ago, so it's been a long time. Uh, and this one is from Chuck Cooperstein, radio voice of the Mavericks. This is the Mavericks' fifth win, scoring under 120 points this season. Uh, and the Mavericks have 27 wins. So that goes to show you uh, how rare this game was. It was also, uh, shout out to Kenny, longtime uh, follower of the site and the podcast. I believe this was the Mavericks' first double-digit win since they beat Portland, which felt mm. like ages ago. February, um, January 5th, so January, a literal full yes. month ago. Yes. So January was not a great month, <laughs> despite, you know, Lucas scoring 73 in a game and, and some pretty wild wins. Uh, they did not have a good January. Um, mm-hmm. So 
this was a feel-good win, an expected win. You know, if you lose to a 76ers team that is more injured than the Mavericks are, which is saying a lot. Um, I mean, if they lost this game, we're, we're talking, I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, we're talking some some biblical things that are probably going to happen to this team if they would have lost this game. So they took care of business. You're not going to hang a banner for this win, but they did what they were supposed to. Uh, and Kyrie came back and played a full game. And as far as we know, is not hurt again. So, but a nice game too. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was a lot of mid, mid game kind of first and second quarter. If you're watching those those first two quarters, it did not feel good. Is no, what I will describe not. that first half because uh, Tyrese Maxey of the Sixers got into foul trouble in the first quarter. Dallas could not capitalize and was down. Um, just playing a really sloppy game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll circle back to the fact that, that, that one of the, probably the most important thing of this entire game. And I mean this sincerely, Luka Doncic was the third highest scorer in the game and they did not need him to be amazing. And that ended up, you know, there, there's a really interesting kind of team factor components in here from that we haven't seen from this Mavericks group in a while. And I'm sure there's, you know, your your cadre of assholes being like, see what happens when Luca doesn't do blah blah blah. And it's no, like, I already no. got that in my mentions tonight. And I'm just like, 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 look at what know. they played just, again. Like, <laughs> I, I just really want to, like, yeah. look, I, I really want to, and just this quick sidebar, I really want to ask you as a sports fan, what is more important to you, the team you root for winning, or you yelling at a stranger on the internet? If it's the second thing, I implore you to find another hobby. It's too. <laughs> Well, they think that this is how you win the games, which not well, to just by beating get, a, go too like far down a, the weeds. Beating a Sixers team that was essentially in the same state as the as the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> were the last game. They're missing three starters, including you know once and future MVP Joel Embiid. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, know, the Mavericks should have beaten the shit out of this team. It's great yeah. that they figured it out in the second half. It's really important that they did. Yep. And and I I like said that first half was not nice. I mean, my I, I tweeted this. My seven year old was sitting there next to me. I made him go to bed at halftime, and he's like, "Why are we watching this? This is awful." Yeah, um, I, it was especially bad because this it wasn't like the Orlando game where the Orlando you know the team was like unnecessarily hot. Like the Sixers shot twenty eight percent from three in the first half. Like it was all Maverick. Like everything that the Sixers did well in the first half was a result of the Mavericks' really sloppy play. Whether it was turnovers uh bad offense leading to to the sixers getting easy transition opportunities like the sixers lead in the first half felt extremely fake and not to disrespect the sixers but like they are a team that's extremely down bad uh and, and i just didn't feel like anything they were doing was the reason they were winning it just felt like the mavericks were playing just so poorly uh that that it allowed the sixers to to kind of creep into a four point at halftime and then the Mavericks came out in the second half and it was like, okay, yeah, you know, let's let's take care of business. And they did. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be the better basketball team. And there's yeah, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving, 35 minutes, 10 of 17 shooting, eight assists, five boards, couple of steals. Um Only my one favorite turnover. play, one turnover, you're right. My favorite play that I saw uh from him was he received ooh, hello. God, I, I really hate uh, autoplay on on ad on on websites. ESPN, uh, isn't it? It's always ESPN. <laughs> um, there was a really neat cut. I mean, it's just like it's a cut to the basket. So it's like, is it a neat cut? But it's like 
we don't see a lot of cutting in the Mavericks offense. Uh, Kyrie cut and Josh Green was in the corner with the ball and found him like threaded the needle with a nice pass to where Kyrie just basically had to like move mm-hmm. his hands an inch and lay it in. And it's nice. I, I like stuff like that, um, yeah. particularly when it's things at the basket. I mean, I know a lot of the Mavericks um, offense is predicated on three pointers. Um, I had God, I had one guy, uh, our, our Mac, Mac Reddy, who always sends me funny stuff. Um, he said, <laughs> this was in, this just about the Mavericks offense. Um, he said, I, it was about Jalen Brunson, but he said, I still believe if Brunson took more three pointers in here, when he was here, Cuban would have paid him because that's how Cuban's brain work. Three pointers go burr. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I've been laughing about it for like two hours, uh, but it's just, you know, a little bit of like a, a, a lot of things going on with the offense tonight. Um, some really fun uh, numbers, you know, it's, it's the, Josh Green wa- had a, you know, probably, what do you think? Like his third straight, really good scoring game. Yep. Yeah. First so. good game of the season with Luca and Kyrie, both healthy. I want to say, mm-hmm. um, which is important. Um, he started again and I wonder, I don't think he's coming out of the starting lineup so long as he keeps, you know, making 50% of his threes. He's, uh, he's 10. Well, the corner shots are particularly like Mark Folliwell highlighted this. The corner yeah. shots feel, the oh, corner man. shots feel yeah. as good as, and this is maybe a little bit hyperbole, but feel to me feel as good as when Dorian Finney Smith was really humming. Yeah. Um, it's just nice. Like it's, and, and it's, it's not an easy shot. It's not the hardest shot in the world because a lot of shots are wide open, but still you gotta you just gotta knock him down. And I was it's just nice to see. Yeah, he's 10 of his last 18 uh yeah. on threes, which is really good. Like Two more straight volume, games with 20 points. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess he he's, took seven. He should, seven's really yeah, no, nice. no, yeah, yeah. It, it's only 18 because he took three in the first game uh, that mm-hmm. I mentioned of the last three. He's taken 15 in the last two games, which is yeah. there you go. That's nice. Um, to be honest, the I mean his offensive game was good, but like he's had since about the start of January, he's been pretty good on offense, I would say. I mean, he was 50 from the field, 42.5% from three in the month of January. So he rebounded pretty well when he came back from that elbow injury on offense. Um, to me, and what I need to see from Green is, is defense, because I don't think his defense was very good in January, despite his offense coming around. Um, and tonight, his defense was very good. It might have been one of his best defensive games of the season. And to be honest, it might've been like the first time I felt like the Mavericks really executed a defensive game plan. Cause I know that, you know, the Sixers are, are kind of a shambling corpse right now, but Tyrese Maxey is still really good. He scored 51 points, a couple of games, like literally earlier, uh, like last week he scored 51 points uh, in a win against the Utah jazz. And that was with basically the same roster of dudes he was playing with tonight. He had 15 on 6 of 16 shooting, only got to the free throw line three times, um, had three turnovers. Uh, I thought the Mavericks, you know, when you look at what they were rolling out, the Sixers, like the automatic assumption, it looked like double. Like there was just no one. It, it felt like, I mean, the Mavericks did to the Sixers what a lot of teams do to the Mavericks with Luka, where they're like, okay, we're, we don't, none of these other guys scare us. Like we are not scared of of Josh Green or Maxi Kleba or Derek Jones or you know, Grant Williams, we are scared of Luca. Like we are going to dare these other guys to beat us. And that's basically what the Mavericks did because they were not scared of Daniel house. They were not scared of Paul Reed. They were not scared of Kelly Oubre um, or uh, Marcus Morris or, or Patrick Beverly. 
um, or or Jaden Springer, a rookie, like they were like, fine. Like every time Harris dribbled inside the three point line, he faced two defenders. Anytime he ran a pick and roll after the first quarter, I'd say I, I, for some reason they didn't start doubling him right away. And he scored like nine points in the first like eight minutes of the game, which was not good. Uh, but then after that, they started doubling him almost every pick and roll. Uh, and the Sixers offense was absolutely toast. I mean, they didn't do anything really after the first quarter. Uh, they scored 24 in the second, 17 in the third, and 28 in the fourth. And that 28 in the fourth is boosted by like eight eight or 10 points in garbage time when the game was kind of well decided. So, you know, kudos to the Mavericks for for doubling uh, Maxi for like kind of executing a game plan that might feel obvious, but, you know. Right. With this coaching staff, I don't think you take, you know, with Jason Kidd, I don't think you you take for granted the, them doing the obvious. And Green was a big part of that. You know, they put him on Maxi, and he was part of those double teams and those aggressive trapping and, and, and things like that. Green had two steals. Like, so my thing with Green is the scoring is nice, and I'm not trying to downplay it at all. Sure. But I want to see him string together like two or three good defensive games in a row. So he's got one sure. tonight. Can he do another one tomorrow against another team that the Mavericks should win? Well, should a bunch be of rangy guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so let's, let's, that's my biggest takeaway tonight, honestly, is, is defensively. They, you know, it wasn't the hardest challenge, but they did it. They didn't, you know, they didn't let this team hang around uh, by giving up a bunch of backdoor cuts or being lazy in the paint or, or sure. being lazy with the rotations. So yeah. that's kind of takeaway for me. Well, folks, we've been here about uh, 10 minutes. Um, this probably isn't going to be our longest show simply because we have another one tomorrow night. Uh, I think Josh and I would like to do something else with our evenings <laughs> other than Mavs basketball work. So we're going to take a quick break here, and I'm going to ask you guys to go and like the stream. Uh, if you could consider subscribing while you're down there, I'd be very grateful. If you're listening on an audio platform on you know, Spotify, uh, Apple, please consider leaving a review. Uh, really appreciate that sort of thing. And those who are watching on video, if it's uh, a, a already been posted or if you're watching it, you know, at a later date, you really or when this show ends, you can go and leave a comment on the actual video as opposed to the live stream. That would be really helpful to Josh and I. Uh, now uh, we're going to cut to some, you know, uh, ads real quick. And for at least for those who are listening on an audio uh, platform, and we will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. So, trying to think kind of what else we would really discuss in this game. Um, uh, did Maxi take steroids? Well, so so I, I feel like I talked about this last game where I said I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Maxi rattles off like a really good month or month a really good like week of basketball or two because he's just so he's just so confidence based. I mean, it's been he really years. is. It's been years, and I, I I try not to bring this up very much because it's it's weird and kind of embarrassing, but there was an incident that happened several years ago with Nick Angstat of Locked on Mavs where he tweeted something about the effect of, like, look at how, like, handsome Maxie is, and there was, like, some girls looking at him. And Maxie's then-girlfriend at the time found Nick and was like, you need to stop talking about him like that. And ever since then, I just, I can't get it out of my head that like when Maxi, it's like, there's, it's an ongoing joke where it's like somebody in the, in the chat actually said it, Adam Ferris, he said, Maxi has to have a new girlfriend. And there's just like, I, confidence is so key for his game. I mean, he took a floating mid-range baseline jumper today. He took He's, Paul Reed from the three-point line and two-hand dunked it. I mean, where the fuck has this been? Five assists. Fantastic. I mean, it's like it's not a complaint. Like, no, yeah. please stay. Like, <laughs> I'm sure we're gonna get yelled at by by uh you know one of the Mavs like uh, uh Valley Sports crew at some point for not appreciating Maxi more. But I mean, if you doubt, if you're curious about Maxi, man, go check out the man's game logs for the past two years. There's a bunch of butt. He's been bad for a long time, and he, whether it's injury, confidence, confidence, and injury together, looks good now. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, can you filibuster for a mo- one more second? Because I want to add up some some numbers. Can can Kirk talk more? Is that yeah. that? Yeah, that that's definitely a thing I can do. Okay. And that's you know the the passing up of shots is the part that's driven me crazy. I think his defense is his more or less maintained. Though the Mavericks have put him in positions where I don't think it's fair. I I prefer him as a help defender rather than as the the last line of defense. But you know if he's gonna hit just enough shots over a long enough period. Like if he can just stay hot for a week, that'll carry over for a while because he has a track record of hitting stuff. And I think that affects the scouting reports. All of this stuff bleeds over into time. If you don't ever shoot the ball, which is a problem with some of the Mavericks that are on the team, then that eventually becomes part of the scouting report. And then the team's defenses are just happy overloading on Kyrie and Luca because they don't think you're going to do anything with the ball. So Maxi hitting stuff is nice. Okay. So, yeah, it is. I totally agree. So, at the end of January, um, so to start the month of February, Maxi on the season had scored 47 points. He has scored 35 in the last two games of February, these first two games of February. He has basically scored like 98% or whatever of his season points in, in the last two games uh, or whatever. I don't know what the math is. Maybe almost, I don't know what the math is, but he's scored a lot of his points or maybe half his points. Uh, I want to say in the last two games. So uh, 
that's just to put into context just where he was. And obviously he hasn't played a lot because he basically missed all of November and December, but he played most of January and he averaged 3.8 points per game. And in the month of February, two games in, he's averaging 21, uh, not 21. He's averaging like 18 or, or whatever it is. So yeah, not bad. They definitely need him. Um, you know, is he going to be able to, and what was nice was he did, you know, one of the games was against Milwaukee, which is a, a, a matchup that shouldn't suit him. So, so yeah, like that was huge. Uh, Jaden Hardy had a nice game scoring wise, like uh, pretty much everyone kind of did something besides Tim Hardaway Jr. Who almost was primarily the main reason they had a, a first half deficit and noticeably did not play a lot in the second half. So I wonder when the last he, time he went scoreless was, I tried to look it up on stat muse and I couldn't find it. Uh, it hasn't happened this season. So, I mean, at least dating back to sometime last season, maybe, I don't know. Man, It's been a while, but you know, he had a bad game. It's going to happen. Um, he's been shooting well from three for like the last month. So it's not that alarming. Uh, what would have been alarming was if he would have kept playing, you know, if he would have ended up with like 34, 35 minutes and the Mavericks lose. So, you know, good for the quick hook, lean on Josh green, uh, lean on Jaden Hardy. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know what else to, to really say. Well, let, let me let me ask you this: Do you think that the Mavericks' run was caused by Hardaway going to the bench? Like, do you think that played a factor? Oh, absolutely. He was terrible in the first half. I mean, so, he was bad yeah. offensively and defensively. Then w- let me ask you one more question: Would you like to over-index this one game and think back to the 2021-22 season, <laughs> where when oh, Tim Hardaway boy. went down with the Golden State Warriors, and then the Mavericks went on? run to the Western Conference Finals. Do you think there do you think there is a there there as in, you know, because I've I've talked at length that I think his shooting is just so important to this offense, but am I am I wrong? So I want I'm gonna take the the New York Times both sides answer and Ooh. say that you're both right and wrong. Like I think <laughs> both points are true. <laughs> I think this team is presently constructed needs his shooting. Um mm. but I also think if this team wants to reach a the ceiling that a team with Luka Doncic should reach, he should not be the third best player on the team, which is what he currently is. I think maybe Derek Lively. People would people would might answer Derek Lively right now, but okay. he shouldn't be your fourth. But then he shouldn't be your fourth best or fifth best. Really, he like he should be your sixth man, um, which he kind of has been. But like he's been more important than the sixth man if we're being yeah. honest this season. So I think part of the reason they were able to make up, you know. Whether that in 2022 was because remember, like Reggie Bullock shot like a like a maniac that season to end the season and in the playoffs. So it's not that they, you know, it's like they got someone to make those shots that he was making. Um, so it's not that his defense is so bad or the other parts of his game are so bad they can live without the shooting. They just need if they're gonna take away his shooting, they still like they have to get some of that back. Like they just can't drop his shooting and expect the gains to be made defensively or, or other aspects to make up for it wholly. And that's why tonight, like Green made four of seven. Sure. Grant you need other guys three. who actually take Maxie, the shots. Yeah, Maxi, Grant, and Josh shot awesome from three. So they can afford a game when Tim's not shooting well. Um, so that's the formula. Like if you want to move on from Tim, which, you know, ultimately they probably, they either have to move on or just make him less important to the team. You gotta replace that shooting somewhere because the Mavericks are built to shoot. Like you either need more players that can do things with the ball in their hand 
and create their own shots, or you need more of these Maxi, Josh Greens, Grant Williams. You need those guys to consistently make shots and take them. Like you said, taking them almost is more important than making them. Well, the one thing really stupid, but the the one thing that I think like the commenters and fans who really get driven crazy by Tim Hardaway Jr. really are miss. I want to say misunderstanding, but sort of like misvalue, like like not valuing enough. When Josh Green misses two threes, he doesn't take the third one. He just doesn't. When Grant Williams misses his nine hundredth open three, you know, of the season, he becomes a shrinking violet. It affects everything else in his game. Tim Hardaway can miss 16 straight shots <laughs> and will willingly take the 17th. Right. I just I don't think you can put like a like a numerical value on how that both helps and hurts. Yeah. Um that's just I mean, my thought, you know. No, no, like Maxi has taken 11 threes in two games in February. He took he almost took that many in January total for the month of January. Like it, it is a confidence thing and you have to shoot. And, and like Maxi didn't, sh- he shot poorly in January, but like you said, he just, he didn't shoot. Uh-huh. Like he would have games where with one attempt, like his, his last two games in, in the month of January, he took one three pointer combined in two games. Uh-huh. Um, like you just can't like that's to me is worse than like a guy going like five of 13 from three. Like sure. you just, you need, cause if, if teams aren't scared of you shooting, that changes the whole floor balance of your yep. roster. That's what that's what I mean. And and I think that the Mavs have a bunch of guys that teams are going to be like, well, if they beat us, fine. Right, exactly. And, and I, I just, I don't think, you know, like in a Jay in the chat says, you know, well, if you, you know, if you move on from him, then distribute those shots between Kyrie and Luca. Well, those shots for Tim are created for Tim. Like, <laughs> sure, yeah, no, know. for sure. I mean, I, I I think it goes both ways. Like, I don't necessarily think Luca can shoot anymore and it be healthy. I do think Kyrie can afford to shoot some more. Um, he can shoot that, more threes. I think. So. Yeah, yeah. So. What's he take? How many threes is he taking? He's taking. He's taking seven, seven a game, which is okay. He probably needs to take eight, eight or nine. I think considering how good he is as a spot up shooter. Like he's yep. legitimately one of the best shot up spot up shooters of like all time. Like he's he's really good at that. So yeah, I, I would say get him up uh, a couple more shot threes per game. Um, but yeah. Just I'm I'm being a I'm being a troll. Being, one oh, of no. our one of our one of our commenters uh Ash, he's saying, you know, 118 points per game is low for the Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks average 118.2 points per game. So it's not low. That is a normal scoring game for the Mavericks. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, just, I think I just like winning sports arguments. It doesn't matter. Okay. Well, um, trying to think if there's anything uh, else interesting. I, do you, if you don't have anything from this game, uh, a listener follower asked me something kind of funny, and I kind of wanted to ask you, and I think it would be informative before the trade deadline well, well um, i think we should at least note yeah. that congratulations to grant williams for for yes. looking like a professional basketball player 14 points in 28 minutes i thought your tweet, your tweet was kind of funny like Look, <laughs> he's busted out of a shooting slump and he made three shots but i but still that was i don't like to bash our broadcast <laughs> team because number one we know one of the guys they're mostly friendly towards us i don't like being demonstrative for the sake of it but and when plus there's the fact that like when you talk about a sports team for two hours every night, you're just bound to say something that like rankles someone. But like I tuned in after missing the third quarter to hearing Mark Followell saying, 
Grant Williams really broke out of his slump tonight. And I look at the box score and he shot three of five. And I'm just like, <laughs> hey, man, he made three combined shots in the last three games. That's that's a slump I mean, like, absolutely correct. Yeah. I just like is, I'm such funny. a hater. Like no, I spent I uh, there's a CBS writer um, uh, named James who like really like sort of really loves Grant Williams. He's just like telling me all day. He's like, you're not being fair. You're not being fair. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm, I'm being fair. <laughs> I don't know. Grant Grant Williams is a maddening basketball player. I think. Anyway, go ahead. Ask ask your question. Okay. Um, Because as you know, there's been a lot of trade talk today, especially centered around Andrew Wiggins. We've got uh, pieces in the pipeline for Mavs Moneyball uh, addressing this and talking about this. A lot of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we've been joking. You know, I made the tweet that you know that it was it would be pretty funny if they traded for Wiggins because that would be like the fourth player in the last eight years that you really don't like that the Mavericks have acquired yep. with Harrison Barnes and Kyrie. And then if they got Wiggins and then Harrison even was 2016. So that's at least far that's, enough back. Oh now, yeah. Eight like, years. Yeah. yeah. It's just still kind of funny. And I thought it would be funny. You know, it'd be funny if they got Wiggins. Um, I mean, it'd be objectively replied, funny. Yeah. And, but someone replied and was like, are there any players Kirk would want the Mavericks should trade for? And I was like, you know what? Let's ask him <laughs> of the rumor names. Are there any names that you are particularly of interest to you? Or are you still kind of steel minded with that? So it's to the more summer? to do with, I don't want to give up first round picks because I, I, I think it's really undervalued to where it's like, if you were to trade a first round pick and go get um, our, our guy, Kyle Kuzma, does that move the needle? I mentioned that. And the mm-hmm. answer has to be no. I don't mind Kyle Kuzma. I love Denny Ad- Advija, or however you say his last name. Though Dallas Mavericks cannot acquire him. And if you don't know why, stare at your computer real hard and think about how that would work in that particular locker room. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, But, I mean, there are players that I do like, but it's just the Mavericks have really made a knack of going after really actively bad basketball players. JaVale McGee, you know? Christian Wood. Christian Wood. Like, I'm sorry, like being an NBA GM is hard, but you can't miss on your big swings, you know, and the Mavericks have just, you know, by and large, they've succeeded in spite of their mistakes, not because of their wins. Yeah, that's just the simple. So it's, you know, the reason I don't like Andrew Wiggins and like I consume a ton of basketball. (laughs) The reason you don't like him other than he's probably the most actively harmful play rotation player in the NBA right now. That's a pretty big one. And like, this is where I try not to, this is where I become a really big asshole when I engage on Twitter because I have no problem. In fact, I encourage this. I actively encourage you to watch your team. There's 82 games. It's hard to watch other teams, but I'm telling you when Zach Lowe (laughs) goes on a mini rant today on his podcast where he's like, no one should want to acquire this player because he's, Like, it cannot be stated, Andrew Wiggins is one of the most disappointing players who's had a lengthy career to be drafted number one in a long time. Some guys are flat-out busts that don't work or they get injured. You know, Aiton, but, like, he's up there with Aiton. Like, he really is. Yeah, do people not realize he's been in the league since 2014? And he has had one and a half good years of basketball. Go look. He's, He's an actively harmful player. The thing that, that in the, you know, he missed a lot of, of basketball last year for personal reasons. And that is what it is. And that is nothing to do with his play on the court. 
But I, I sincerely would ask everyone to consider what motivates him. He won an NBA championship the one year he was motivated. And then he's since gone back down to, eh, he makes a ton of money. Yeah, 20, 26 next season, 28 after that, and then 30 after that. Those are his next three years. So it's just... <laughs> The, the problem is, is I understand from like, a, if you're, if you know, let's say you're, a 2K, you're a 2k player, you hop on, you look at his measurables, you look at what he does and you're like, man, this guy, he's got something and you're right. He does have something. He just literally never taps into it. Mavericks fan in the chat says he won't even play on the Canadian national team. He refuses to play. Yeah. I mean, what does it tell you that a team like the Warriors who are desperately trying yeah. to keep the Steph Curry window open are yeah even entertaining this idea that's you know right. like that's tough well, for me it's more it's more like i don't think he would work but like if you traded my whole point was like if you give the warriors like if it's purely like a salary dump and the warriors kick in some draft yeah. picks and the mavericks only trade like the Holmes and, and marquis morris instead of like the guys that aren't really playing, yeah 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 none of the guys that are actually really contributing but i think you have to consider that then yeah, yeah you may yeah maybe that but anything that's different value. Yeah, that's that's different. that's different, and like that's, that's a that's a what are you giving up kind of trade, right. and you I, should try to take advantage of the Warriors' desperation. Yeah. But I mean, like the, the, the reason the Kyrie the reason the Kyrie Irving one bothered me so much was less Kyrie Irving and much more the fact that they just they pigeon them they pigeonholed themselves by giving away a twenty twenty nine pick. I understand that that was probably going to happen in some way, shape, or form, but it still frustrates me. It just does. Yeah, like. We had a, a nice discussion, you know, we had a back and forth with Xavier in our Slack and, you know, he, well, we don't want to spoil it. I'm sure it's, I haven't read his piece yet, but I'm going to edit it. He makes the case for why. He makes the case, yeah, for why. And, and you know, at the end of the day, my thing is just the Warriors have no leverage right now because yeah. Wiggins is is so toxic, both as an on-court player and as a contract is Zach Lowe contract. just never like, says stuff like that he's <laughs> so hedging and he like, literally says to Tim McMahon on his show today I don't think any team should trade for him yeah it's the only way it makes sense is if the warrior like it's a salary you know it's you know how teams attach sweeteners to bad players and like that's where Wiggins is so like you cannot trade anything of, of marginal even low value like he's a zero value player right now in the nba um so you can take a chance if 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 the warriors want to get rid of him so bad they just want to give him away sure. okay you can you can start talking me into that but anything other than that no but but what are the, some other names like you know there's there's pj washington there's some pj washington is somebody you've liked for a really long time I have. and i mm-hmm. think is a good player it's just again what do the mavericks have to give up does the first round pick they actually would have they'd probably have to send in that deal um what if they didn't what if it I mean, was if they were able to move Josh Green for PJ Washington? Yes. 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 Okay. Now uh, it's, uh, and again, if you love Josh Green, shout out to my friend uh, uh, Josh McSwag in the chat. Like, I get it, but it's just at a certain point you have to move on guys. Um, he'd say, and, and there's just, there's different players. You know, it, again, it's like the, the first round pick is where it hinges for me on everything. Like, there was the, um, the Mark Stein one today. Uh, what was that one? What's wrong with me? Uh, he had, I think he had PJ Washington in his. Oh, his but he story. had uh, swapping out Grant for. Um, oh, Grant for Bobby Portis. <laughs> Bobby Portis, which is like a distressed asset swap. Yeah. And I think I would do it, but I also cycle back to the fact that the Mavericks did a 2030 first round pick swap with the Spurs to go get him. 
And at that point, that's a like that trade's an utter failure. Yes. And and I don't think the Mavericks want to call it on that yet. As much as like I occasionally, you know, occasionally every you know three out of f- nine out of ten games want to send Grant to the moon, um, the way. The, but I just don't think you can give up that quickly. Yeah, uh, and then I think Stein came out later said that it would have to be more like both. I think both sides were like, okay, like we have like it, the trade yeah. would have to be bigger than that. All of my all it. of my issues with trades circle around to the fact that you have one more chance. Like I want the Mavericks to take that final swing to make a big move, to move the Mavericks in the, you know, to roster wise, to be able to say, all right, we did everything we could within the framework that we created to keep Luka Doncic happy before he is at the end of this first contract. That's what I want. I think if you move off a first round pick right now, you're essentially charging something to a credit card that you can't afford to pay. And then that timeline where Luca is pissed off happens earlier. And I just don't feel happy. You know, I, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. That's all. Do you think that they need to keep these picks available in the summer to package them all together for one big move? Yes. Spread them out for. Maybe or spread two, them out, but not do years. something okay. like, you know, the, the I, not do something that, that essentially changes them from being a potential not 10, nine eight seven seed to a potential nine eight seven seed <laughs> like it doesn't do anything like i just, i don't know but maybe it, but, if they, but if they can get a guy like pj or daniel gafford or drummond without giving up do it first do it you're, you're in for that okay i'm in okay yeah i mean i would really like i i sort of almost need drummond to be a maverick he's so also can, one of your guys Right, just so we can, just so Move I can on. see people react to the shit he does in real time. Yeah, that's all. Like I do actually think he would help, but as a backup, yeah, yeah, as a backup big, he would help. So yeah. okay, I just I also don't think the Bulls are going to do anything. Their ownership is so it's, obtuse. It's crazy. Yeah. Do so, you do you think that these last three Josh Green uh, games have are going to have lasting impact on what the Mavericks want to do at the deadline? Like. I'm, do you think Probably. it's he's going from off the like on the table to off the table? Like, I'm cu- I'm always curious how they nobody yeah. for the Mavericks except for Luca should be untouchable. That includes Kyrie. Okay, it's just that's the way it is. That was the way it is under Dirk. Yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> so yeah, we just haven't talked. You know, me and you are both. We're I'm bad at fake trades. I'm oh, bad yeah. at predicting when what's going to happen. We just haven't talked about it, and I thought that was just funny because. Someone's like, well, who does Kirk want to try? Like, who I am glad that the, that the, the all the talk surrounding Dorian Finney-Smith has cooled, not because I dislike Dorian Finney-Smith, but just because I can't imagine trading something else to get back the guy that you sent away. Like that just turned that would turn me into a crazy crazy person. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Jake Fisher. Uh, yeah, today our guy from Yahoo uh, said that they've cooled off on on Dorian. Sounds like it's it's PJ and, and Wiggins are the names they're talking about the well, it, for forwards. So and this happens at every trade deadline yeah. where it's and I and Bobby uh, was it uh, ESPN's Bobby um, Bobby Marks Bobby Marks says that I I heard something crazy like eleven teams yeah <laughs> hold seventy five percent of future draft assets yeah and when you combine that with the plan there's just there's more buy there's not enough. There, yeah, there's, well, there are buyers, but they don't yeah. have anything to, to to buy with. Right. There's no sellers. 
Yeah. These bad, these bad teams that normally would be that are in the nine, 10 range that are normally like, okay, let's call it. They think that they can be a playoff team. Yeah. I think I ever saw somewhere else, you know, especially after what the heat did last year, the Lakers from the play in tournament went from play in to Western conference finals. So Tim Cato uh, had a good, good, good number of crazy ass trades today in his post. Yeah, if you haven't read it. Yeah. So I, I sort of, you know, there's it, it, this could go all sorts of different ways. Like part of why, there's three main reasons we didn't really cover trade stuff at Mavs Moneyball this year. The first reason, I am running on absolute fumes with baby <laughs> stuff. And so it makes keeping track of a lot of that stuff really difficult. The second reason is we are simply not that interested in it. It does unbelievable traffic. Go to DallasBasketball.com and look at what Dalton runs all the time. He is incentivized to run something on every single uh, trade thing because it gets clicks. People love this time of year. I mean, I'm pretty sure I was looking at our data the other day. I'm pretty sure our most trafficked post this season is when our guy Matt Martinez wrote about the pass yeah. about a Pascal Siakam trade. Yeah. Like, so we're just like what the people want. We're not that interested in it. Like Josh and I don't like talking about it. We like talking about the actual basketball. Um, so that's kind of why we're here. Those, the, the, you know, it's like. Sick kid, we don't really care. And then we also aren't that good at this, like in terms of like that. So it's those three things means, you know, we're talking about it. You know, the trade deadline is in three days. This is probably the first or we at a minimum, we don't talk about it regularly. And I think that sometimes to our detriment, but yeah, that mean, yeah, for sure. And I think for me personally, if I had to get my two cents, I think if of the names rumored, I like PJ Washington the most. I think I would consider the green you're PJ the, swap. You're the PJ I'm the architect. Sport. You're the damn wellspring of PJ got <laughs> from over the summer. I am. Like, I, I wanted them. To, I, I really like this guy. Why doesn't somebody do something? And that yeah. became like oh, six weeks of Mavs fan <laughs> wish casting. I know because there was nothing about him last summer. There was just, and I was like, he's young and he's got some skill. What's really worrying though is is the other team rumored for PJ is, is the Clippers. And like, dude, if the Clippers get him, and they have Harden and Kawhi, Paul George, PJ. Like that's a pretty salty uh, foursome in your starting lineup. Plus, whatever center they're able to throw out, Zubats. If he's, I can't remember if he's healthy right now or whoever they're playing at center. Like he would be so good for them as like a connective piece between the stars. Like just like a high talent, um, talent guy. Someone in the chat says Clippers talks weren't serious, so that would be good. So yeah, uh, if the Mavericks don't get him and the Clippers did that, like the Clippers are already like. Uh, we don't talk about it because we're not an NBA podcast, but they are quietly becoming like, uh, like in that inner circle of, of contenders, um, they are playing really well. So if they got, if they got a guy like PJ to, to add to what they're doing, because they really do struggle with their front court, like it, they, that would not be fun for the rest of the Western conference. So shout out to Brian Damaris for, for sparking them. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> oh my God. I think they're like, well, I, mean, I think that, they've I got like, be the best record in the league since since then. Something I wouldn't like be that. shocked if if Bally's or Cuban make some more concession stands next year to make up for that. <laughs> like I just can't like that. That is becoming one of the worst things that happened this year. I feel almost feel bad for him, yeah. almost. But as a person who's that's a person who says plenty of dumbass things myself, sometimes you, know you got to eat it. <laughs> um. All right, I think I'm gonna just hang out and yeah. see if anybody wants to do a post show because it's nine fifteen. But uh, head over on to MavsMoneyBall.com. We will have – we've got another game tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow night. Um, and then 
let's see here. We should have at least, there's going to be a lot of stuff on the site. That's the yep. point. Like we normally try to run between three and four articles a day. I would say over the next week, we will probably have anywhere between six and seven a day just because of the nature of, of the games plus trade deadline stuff. So this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo. Thank you so much for hanging out. I will be right back with our second show. You guys should hang around and come talk a little basketball with me. Josh, you have a good night. Welcome back to our first iteration of Mavs Party in some time. I'm Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief over at MavsMoneyBall.com. This is Pod Mavericks Mavs Party. You're joining, or really still hanging around, after the fact that the Dallas Mavericks beat the Philadelphia 76ers 118-102. This is our fan participation live show where if you click the comment in the stream, the uh, stream yard, link that is pinned to the youtube live chat you can come up here and hang out and talk basketball with me if you're on twitter and would like to join the show send me a dm i check them throughout this i will send you a link where you can join the show directly uh like i said the dallas mavericks just defeated the philadelphia 76ers 118 to 102 it's nice sort of um palate cleanser is not right because the mavericks have been eating shit for a long time so they needed a lot more than a single palate cleanser this was a game that felt a little more cathartic because it didn't feel quite as desperate as some of the other wins it was a it was a win because they they really piled it on the sixers which was very nice to see um so far i've got my man brian who is in here early most shows waiting to chat if anybody else wants to come up be sure to click that Streamyard link in the comment if you don't know what i'm talking about say something and i will post it again um all right brian what's up man nothing much dude how'd you enjoy the win it was good so i gotta gotta be honest with you on last night's or last night's last show we ran mm-hmm. you came up early and you had a little riff kind of uh frustrated about Kyrie's availability mm-hmm. and in that first half when he was <clears throat> ugh, i clipped it i had it and i was like hey th- you know i wasn't gonna tag you or anything but i was about ready to post it and be like this is where mass fans are and then I just didn't. I was like, you know, I don't want to do that. It's, it's bad energy. Let's not do it. And it paid off. Kyrie had a nice little ball game, 10 of 17 from the floor. Um, still wish he would have shot a few more times, but what are you going to do? Eight eight assists, nice little basketball game, helped the Mavericks win in a game where Luka looked kind of like uh, kind of like he'd had one too many Philly cheesesteaks. I don't really know what was up with him that game, but it's really nice to be able to not need an amazing performance from either one of these players and still get a win. Yeah, no, it's funny. When I was, like, really upset that night, I actually tweeted pretty much what was going to happen once Tyreek got back. He, and I, I think I said it uh, up here on stage with you, too. I said that he was going to end up playing, like, really passively or just, like, breaking shots all together and being really, like, uh, 
uh, really rusty looking in the first quarter, maybe the first half, and that's exactly what happened. And then in the second half, he turned it up, and it was enough to pull away. Now, that was mostly because Josh did a lot of the heavy lifting in the first half for this team. But mm. yeah, he did all the heavy lifting in the first half, uh, yeah. at least offensively, to be quite honest. So, yeah, no, just I really need the Mavs front office to remain focused. Like, don't don't get fooled by these games. And I'm, I'm saying that for, like, two plays in particular, Josh was amazing tonight. And I really just want to take – I tweeted this, too. I want to take a moment just to appreciate that even amidst all the trade rumors, he still went out there and played and didn't shit his pants like Tim Hardaway Jr. did and does every trade deadline or, man, like, really almost tries to do in the first half. Knows something. That was that kind of game, man. That was bad. Mm-hmm. No, that was that was that was Tim, his annual like, yo, I'm about to play like shit at this deadline. I'm not trying to get moved. He does that every year. Every year he's healthy at the deadline. He does this. Man, I might so, have to look at this because I don't know if I've paid that close of attention. Look, man, go look at last year. Him and Christian Wood both stunk that week. They stunk that week. They were definitely afraid of getting traded. Uh and yeah, Tim repeated tonight, but I've, I've been team like get Tim off the team. Like, I know we have to replace the shooting or whatever, we can manufacture that, get him out of here. He's detrimental to the program. Mm-hmm. But I I just need the math. And I saw like when Josh was playing really, really well for most of the game, uh, people were bringing back up the, the Stein report from the weekend about Josh being a player of interest for Charlotte if we make PJ trade happen. And I was expecting to see, wow, Josh is really upping his trade value and playing really well. This might be the last time we see him in a Mavs uniform for all we know. So let's enjoy this. It's possibly he gets traded. No. What was I saying? Oh, I don't know if I want to trade Josh. Brother, Josh just put together his first good, solid month of basketball. Three years and three months into his career, man. I love Josh. I'm going to love him whether he's here, whether he gets traded. I think he's going to get traded to Charlotte, and I think he's going to blow up because that's a really good situation for him. He can play his natural position, the two. As long as Kyrie's here, we don't need yeah. to be wasting time thinking about what's best for Josh. Right. Like, in, in this particular context. Anyway. That's not, And that has less to do with, like, Josh being bad. It's more contextual within. Yeah, it's life. not even his fault. It's just look at the context of the team. Look at the two stars that we have and the positions that they play and what they do with the ball, right, what their roles are. Mm-hmm. There's not much room for Josh to grow in the way that he needs to on this team. And P.J. is a hand-in-glove fit with this team on both ends, in my opinion. I'm Remain focused. Sure. Okay. I, mean, I, yeah. I mean, the one thing that I thought was particularly interesting with Josh is like this was probably his finest game with Kyrie and yes. Luca. Oh yeah. So if you're like a, a Josh Green truther, this is the game up. So like, see, it can happen. It can happen. And good is what I'll say. Good because I'm still kind of very skeptical that that they make a move. Because I I don't see, and I just talked about this, I don't see any of the available players being, unless a team is just wanting to get out from under a particular kind of salary, being able to be moved without a first-round pick. I mean, 
the Wiggins contract is so bad that there's some Mavs people that I appreciate that are saying, you know, if the Mavericks were to take Wiggins, they would need first round compensation. <laughs> I, look, I, I've thought about that. I don't know if they get like a pick or a protective pick or anything. At best, maybe they get a second, but I can see that being a player for player swap. And honestly, if, if, if the players, Tim and whoever to make up like Tim, Seth, no, that's a different, that's Out a very here. different situation than where my head is. It's just, I like the first, first round picks are so oddly valued and mm-hmm. they're, I don't want to necessarily say overvalued because it's like when you got a team like the thunder, which has future picks and yet they can't like, they're going to have to blow their team up because they have so many guys worthy of paying money to that. They cannot, I mean, I suppose they could, but it, it, it doesn't seem likely that, that they're going to keep all their guys and all their picks. And it's just, it's, it, it's this sort of thing to where I just, I don't want to give it up. I want the market. I want the market to reset. Like I sort of think the NBA, like this isn't going to happen, but I wish the NBA would have stepped in at like the previous collective bargaining agreement and said like, like had much harsher penalties for trading picks down the line. I just, I don't like, I don't like pick trading. I think it, it's become too much of a, a of a like shorting stocks, like big, like situation kind of thing. It, it drives me nuts. Um, yeah, I can see that. Oh, but yeah, this was this is the kind of win that that really makes you feel a little bit better about things. You know, had they lost to a team that was missing this many starters, I think we would have had to have a different discussion. Um, the Sixers came out and punched them in the mouth. Like like losing to Kelly Oubre Jr. is just a painful situation. I'm not interested in. Um, you know, Pat Beverly out there being Pat Beverly doing Pat. Pat Beverly float is off the dribble. Just nasty. There shit. Was, there was a lot of pain. And that, you know, Marcus Morris senior, there's a lot of Marcus Morris senior offense tonight. I don't, or I mean like shot attempts. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, that's kind of where we are. Kind of where we are. Um, I, I think the trade deadline will be weird. I'm, it's always active. These teams can't help themselves, but I, I, I just don't want to, I, I, I'm just not married to any particular outcome. And, and what's nice. I mean, nice is not the right word. I don't really think there's any kind of consensus out there. Not like our opinion really matters as fans relative to what the team does, but I feel like there's not this overarching one thing that everyone agrees is the thing we should do. And you could just see that looking at the replies to the, the, the Andrew Wiggins thing. You can see it. And and when talking about, you know, whether the the Mavericks should should try to make a play for uh, any of the Washington wizards that are available and, that actually makes me feel a little bit better because it means there's not like the obvious consensus thing to happen. I, and, and I, yeah. that way I'm not like direct. Cause like the Kyrie thing, I don't want to believe it, but you reread all the reporting in hindsight. And it was like, it was something they were working on for a while. Like that was not something that happened fly by night. Like it was, right. it was a real thing. Yes. Don was reporting on that pretty much every step of the way. And he kept our name in it. Once it came up, he kept our name in it pretty consistently enough to where we should have like recognized and eventually we did. Oh, that's too much smoke here for nothing to happen. I personally think that's what's happening with the Josh and PJ thing. Like I think that that deal is going to happen. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of is Nick Richards included? What do we give up in order to make that happen? Do we send Grant out of here along the way? Because Charlotte, maybe, you know, we tap back into that interest they had in him in the summer. Yeah, maybe you know something along those lines, but I think Josh for PJ, whatever salary it takes to make that work, however that's, that's a real thing. thing. If that's yeah. a real thing, you just do it, and it it. it I mean, the, like the talk over the summer was just like, 
this it's going to take this to get this guy. Like it wasn't a player picks and player. And so if you could get a guy like a straight up thing, I just don't see how that, I just don't think, I just don't see how it's possible. I don't think, I, I don't see Charlotte selling like that. I, 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 I'm right. I'm not going to lie. I see it. Not only just because who's their GM. Cupcheck. Uh, is a Cupcheck still? Cupcheck yeah, only Cupcheck. deals with other old GMs. So there's this really cool story today. I'm actually going to pull it up. Um, last night in basketball, it's my friend mm-hmm. Jared Dumid. Uh, he writes for this website. There, I mean, it's his own subsack called Last Night in Basketball. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up on the the main screen and so just like share it with everybody. Share sure. screen. This is how. I, this is why I wish I had a producer. Um, should do this sort of stuff with me, but he has this uh, NBA trade deadline, which executives deal with each other more often. And I have this thing locked cause I'm, I'm uh, I would need to sign into a sub stack, but he basically went out and compiled um, this incredible amount of data on who deals with who within the league. Mm-hmm. Because I was just sitting there, I was bitching to him and he, I, I said, I would really, he's a data guy. So I was like, I really think if you could look into this, it'd be really cool. Because I said, I feel like the Mavericks only deal with like three or four teams, like ever. The Knicks, the Wizards, um, and and every now and again, it's like there's one other random team, but there's not a lot of like movement in the in the um, in the trade circles, and it ends up yeah. being that actually is the case that these guys deal with each other. Sam Presti is the only one who deals with everyone, and he hasn't. The only team he hasn't dealt with in a long time is the Spurs, which is where he came from. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, I don't know. There, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that's potential out there, but I, I'm not in, I'm just not good at wish casting. I think is what it comes down to. Oh, it's all I know how to do, man. I get in that trade machine every day with just uh, three minutes and a dream. Yeah. And just go and make something happen. I don't know how y'all do that. Cause I just like look at it and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Dude, I, 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 I simply just, I take three minutes where I'm just not working or I go to the bathroom. I pull up Fanspo. I think about, who I might happen to want that day or whose name I've been seeing like in the tweets uh, over the last 24 hours. I just scroll, 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 see if a name pops up that really just comes to me. And I'm like, all right, let's see how the money works. Let's see how many picks it would sure. Well, Brian, it doesn't seem like anybody else wants to join. And that's okay. Um, there's another game tomorrow night. And I got to get back in the habit of doing these to making sure some of the folks that like joining you know, do so more regularly. Mm-hmm. You need to actually advertise it in YouTube just so people see it. But before we get out of here, I think it's very important that we do one more thing that we consider, you know, just just congratulating head coach Jason Kidd with his 300th career win as a head coach tonight. And he did it, guys, the same way he's done everything all year long with his hands in his pockets. Easy going as can be. Congratulations, Jason Kidd. Something along those lines, 300 wins. Wow, that is certainly something. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to, like, come kill me in his sleep one day. (sighs) All right, guys, I'm going to go do something else because it's 10 o'clock. Everybody, thanks so much for hanging out tonight. Uh, We'll come back tomorrow night. It's another early game, 6.30 start on TNT against the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Brian, thanks for hanging out. Everybody else in the chat, thanks for hanging out. Um, I'm probably just going to post this all as one stream. Everybody be good, and we will talk tomorrow night.